House of Kayfabe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to House of Kayfabe presents the full report. And today's full report is on WWE TLC. And I am here with Stephen B. New and Rich Quick, and we are going to talk everything TLC. Stephen P. New, um, pretty decent pay-per-view. Not bad. I liked it right up to the end, but we'll get there eventually. Yes, we will get there. Rich Quick, did you uh, did you expect this to be as good as it was? Uh, no, I did not expect it to be that good, and I, I think I'm with Steve. Uh, I wasn't expecting murder, but we'll get to that. <laughs> we will get to murder. Might as well start out with the pre-show. Were you surprised to see Jeff Jarrett at the pre-show? I thought, thought that, was, uh, that was a little nice touch oh yes yeah i mean uh that's his first pre-show he's been on that i've seen yeah i think so yeah i haven't seen him on one oh good give him something to do <laughs> oh i've seen that uh they were they were on the pre-show talking about this uh this new bad bunny song and i had to go and look it up just because i, I didn't didn't know if there was really a song written about booker t or not but turns out there is a new Latino hip-hop song called Booker T, and the only English words in the entire song are Booker T and Can You Dig It, uh, but it's the song is supposed to be about Booker T. I thought that was pretty interesting. Is it good? Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what he's saying other than Booker T and Can You Dig It, uh, but but I can dig well, that. Well, I mean, I mean, if he doesn't say shucky ducky quack quack, then I'm, I'm out. Well, I guess you're out then. Steve, uh, are you listening to Bad Bunny on the regular? <clears throat> no, I'm more of a cure guy myself, uh, so <laughs> not no, I, I'm not. I'm not listening to Bad Bunny on the regular. Latino hip hop is not Stephen P. News thing. You heard it here first. Now we're going to go into this match that's on the pre-show, even though I don't even know why we should. Um, my first question is, why are we looking at a four-on-four match and not just seeing Sami Zayn versus Big E for the IC title? You know, coming right out of Survivor Series and War Games, we did not need a four-on-four match. Either have more and shorter pre-show matches, you know, but at least make them make sense you're right yeah it's like they were just trying to make make any sense here yeah they're just trying to make room to put more people on the show and and and, you know less is more we know that but uh you know daniel bryan has pretty much rendered himself oblivious here and this this new haircut is (laughs) pretty terrible too i'm not happy with what daniel bryan's doing so when are they going to do Sami Zayn and biggie royal rumble i guess the royal rumble now they're going to be able to milk six more weeks out of this backstage stuff like we had tonight with Sami Zayn and Big E. Well, if you think about it, Big E, Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, Shinsuke Nakamura, and the IC champion Sami Zayn all completely lost in the shuffle here on the pre-show. And it's kind of it's kind of sad that they don't have more things for those uh, those stars to do. Rich Quick, you ever think that you hear those names that Bryan just rattled off as the curtain jerk pre-show? No, never. And and I even wrote down these guys should never be in the pre-show. No. Like h- how the mighty have fallen. You know, I mean Shinsuke loses to Otis, you know, like last week and it's, you know, so Shinsuke, Cesaro, Daniel Bryan, all those guys are just amazing and they're pre-show and Sami Zayn and Big E. It's just it right. doesn't make any sense. At one- but it's also showing why Raw barely got a million viewers last week and why after on December 17th, 2018 and the McMahon family comes out there and says, we're listening to you. We're going to be responsive to the fans. Well, obviously you're not Vince, Stephanie, Hunter, Shane, 
because you've got great wrestlers who can tell a story in the ring on your curtain jerk match. And we go through yeah. all of that just to see Big E get a victory over Sami Zayn. And that could have happened on Raw. We could have seen that four-on-four on, four on Raw, and it could have led to Sami Zayn versus Big E, even on the pre-show. I wouldn't even care to see that match on the pre-show as long as it was for the IC title, and it was a one-on-one -on -one match. You know, but this uh, this four-on-four, -four, I, I definitely wasn't into. But we come out of this uh, pre-show. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, I, have, I, I have something. Uh, a, there's new music for Big E. Did you notice that? I did. I did notice that. Yeah, that, and also the other thing I noticed noticed that I thought was hilarious was that the lone wolf has guys with him. Yeah. <laughs> the Knights of the Lone Wolf. That does it. That's just ridiculous. The Knights of the Lone Wolf. Yeah, uh, that that is pretty ridiculous. And we come out of this ridiculous four-on-four -four match and into the actual pay-per-view. Now we are into WWE TLC, and we see the WWE World Title match as the first match on the show, AJ Styles versus Drew McIntyre. And that's what we're kicking off with. Um, Not the best spot for this match. I could think of a couple other matches that would have fit a little bit better here it reminded me of the wrestlemania i went to in new jersey a couple years ago when brock came out just to drop the, drop the belt to seth rollins and, and get the hell out of dodge real fast that's what this felt to me like yeah but you know I mean, it wasn't a fast match though this match kind of set the pace for the entire night because how do you follow this i mean because it was I a hell of a match not, well, exactly which is why and, and I, I don't know what rich quick's gonna say but I don't believe you should be having world championship title matches as your opening match of your pay-per-view. I agree completely, 100%. But I cannot uh, shine away from the fact that AJ Styles is really 100% the best in the world. When I watched this match, it was when people reflect back on the work of AJ Styles, he is going to be in that GOAT discussion because this guy can pull a five-star match out of just about anybody. Yeah. See, this is why we're all friends and why we're all on the show. Everything you both, you gentlemen, just said, I have written down. That AJ is one of the best. And I, actually, what I wrote was, AJ is so good, I believed every bit of that ass whipping. Yeah, I, yeah me like, too. Exactly. That's how good AJ really is. And when you're talking about best in the world, you know, people talk about Kenny Omega. People talking about all types of different people. Oh, they're the best. They're the best ever. The best in the world. The GOAT. Uh, AJ has to be in all those conversations. I don't give a fuck who you are. AJ has got to be in all those conversations. I mean, I believe that there is a reason why Ric Flair took him under his wing in TNA. When Flair retired from WWE and went to TNA, there was a reason why he worked with that kid and brought him, wasn't even a kid then, uh, but brought him along. And you can see the years of hard work AJ's put in, traveling up and down the roads to adapting to different styles you said it brian he he to have a five-star match with with a broom yeah that is uh, that, that's true i'm glad that he glad that he doesn't wrestle brooms like kenny omega but he, he still uh he still could do it he could definitely could do it now this match was great but along comes miz and morrison and you know to be such a big fan of john morrison like i am and to even like miz as as much as i do Every time I see Miz and Morrison now, I get like this embarrassed feeling like like I'm embarrassed for them, like everything that's written for Miz and Morrison. It, it's just embarrassing. I, I, am I the only one that sees that? 
No, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Was there any part? Did you get like physically angry when you were like, "Son of a bitch, is if Miz is going to win this thing?" Did you ever at, at any point think Miz was going to win? <laughs> I, yes, I, I, I for a minute I did. You know, well, I mean, when when someone cashes in the money in the bank, uh, just the the history of it all says there's a good chance they could win the title here. Yeah, uh, I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad you know, they didn't. Uh, also, when did John Morrison forget how to get backstage? Did you notice that? Yeah. When like almost was like <laughs> Walt was like stalking him up the ramp, and he's looking around like, "Oh no, where do I go? Where do I go?" Like, bitch, you just walked out there. Like, yeah, you, you just, know you exactly look- how to get out of here. Yeah, I, I they it, they just you know the chemistry that they had in the beginning when they first became a tag team so long ago, and that tag team pretty much gave birth to who the Miz is now. And I understand why they want to go back to it, but now it's like everything they do together is just wrapped in a corny ass sheet, <laughs> like everything. And I just, I, I can't, uh, I, I just can't get with Miz and Morrison. What, what about you, Steve? I met John Morrison twice last year, once at WrestleCon at WrestleMania weekend, and once again at WrestleCade down in Winston Salem later in the year. Nicest guy that you ever want to meet. Took all of his time. He was the last guy packing his case up uh, to leave from signing autographs. Him and Jake Roberts. Imagine that. (laughs) But John Morrison strikes me as the... He's there making money in what might be his last run. So if they have him come out there in a chimp outfit, I think John Morrison is going to come out uh, in a chimp outfit outfit realizing that this might very well at his age be his last run i would like to see some edge to him i would like to see some emotion from him um because he even though he was on survivor and and he probably could be an actor in some ways this whole forced nostalgia or whatever he's doing with miz i'm just not feeling it yeah, um, it's it's hard to get I, behind. I'm just not feeling this forced nostalgia, but I also don't get the sense that John Morrison's going to say anything about it backstage or provide any bit of artistic pushback uh, to whoever the freaking soap opera writers are that's writing this crap. So you're saying he's just going with the flow, like whatever he's they going say. With the flow, he's I mean, trying to get that and, check. and you know, which is probably indicative of his nice guy, uh, you know, true human nature yeah he really uh, is a nice guy i met him at wrestlecade as well he was a very nice it's, guy. it's the nicest guy in the world but doggone it i they're not booking him well here in this nostalgia act with uh with the miz yeah it's just corny you know, all the way around well there are you know it's a good problem to have because there are so many good people there and we just talked about you know daniel bryan and cesaro and all those guys getting lost in the shuffle. And, you know, there are ways to book these people. They're just, they just don't know how to book them. Like, not everybody has to have the belt. Not everybody has to be the champ. But you can do something better than what they're doing with Miz and Morrison, for God's sake. Yes, you definitely, definitely can. It's a pointless cash-in. Miz joins a short list of Money in the Bank cash-ins that were not successful. And uh, But all in all, I give this match a solid three and a half, four stars, something like that. (laughs) 
people can't see this, but Steve just shrugged like a yeah. It, it didn't do it for you, Steve, no. in this match? Well said. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I enjoyed the match. Uh, but up next, we have uh, Sasha and Carmella. And I have to say, I really dig Carmella's new personality. I think the, the new persona is cool. Um, and I also noticed in this match that Carmella has gotten so much better than she was when she was the champion. Yeah, very much. Uh, very true. Um I have a question for you guys. Would you rather be Reginald the Sommelier or would you rather be in Retribution? <laughs> Which is a more pointless, pointless I think I think I'd rather be time. I think I'd be rather be Reginald. I actually liked his contribution to that match. So I think I'd rather be Reginald for sure. <laughs> so what did you guys think of this match? Uh, anything stand out to you? It wasn't a bad match. No, it wasn't a bad match. I think both of the girls worked. I mean, Sasha is hitting a really good stride right now. She's going to need competitors like this to get her out of that Bailey rut that I think that she was in. I, she can't just be, uh, and I don't know who the, that you feed to her, whether it's the Mandy Rose or or whoever that her opponents end up being, whether it's Carmella or, or uh, Lacey or whomever, uh, she's got to get out of that uh, Bailey rut, though. And I think this Carmella match, I don't know whether it's going to turn into uh, a rivalry. Um, I don't know if they're ready yet to put the belt on Carmella or make this a real short run for Sasha. I hope WWE gets into longer championship runs, not shorter championship runs for their champions i think it would be more meaningful and and what's lost in the sport of professional wrestling is that just as you said um you don't rich you said not everybody has to have a belt you can get over being a challenger as well dusty Rhodes, and i heard Cornette talk about this last week dusty Rhodes held the NWA World Heavyweight Championship between 1979 and 1987, an eight-year span of time, no more than a 63-day run in any of the three. Think about that. Think about that. Dusty was the attraction, but he was rarely, for 180 days, which is six months out of an eight-year span of time, Dusty had the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. You don't always have to have the belt, but the chase was him chasing Flair for right. the title, which happened umpteen years. If they had longer championship runs, which I hope Sasha gets, Bailey had a nice long run, and and I think that that helped raise her stock. Um, I think it's what you got to do here, but you have legitimate challengers like Carmella, uh, who looks better, wrestles better than she has. Um, in a while, I'd like to see that continue. Well, you know, one thing that, stu that stood out to me was the face buster. Uh, did, did anybody see that face buster? Did it stand out to you guys as well? It looked like she, oh, about she went straight down on top of her head. Yeah, it looked yeah. like she about yeah. took Sasha's forehead right off. It was, I mean, that's a pretty big target anyway, but uh, she, she nailed it. <laughs> she definitely nailed it. All right, so... You then, know, uh, my... Hold on. My, my last point is... Uh, you know, I I get it that Sasha loves Eddie Guerrero, right? Yeah. They beat that 
we they beat us over the head with it all the time. Oh, yeah. And today and, and, and tonight, okay, cool. She does the Trace Amigos. They say, oh, it's in homage of Eddie. And then she does the frog splash. And, oh, it's in homage of Latino. He, you know, it would be a really good homage if she won with it. Right. Exactly. Like, you're going to say that she put, you know, she's putting Eddie Guerrero over, but then she gets the kick out. Uh, you know, that, that Eddie would have got to win with that. That's just, that's just one of my problems with modern professional wrestling. You know, and, and I hate to keep ripping off other people's podcasts, but when is a finisher a finisher? As Jr. said a couple of weeks ago, I mean, I mean, is is an Eddie Guerrero style frog splash no longer a finisher, and an RVD type frog splash no longer a finisher that the likes of Carmella is going to kick out of that? Right. Don't tell me you're honoring Latino heat if somebody's going to kick out of that frog splash. Right. <laughs> Very true. So coming out of this match, we go into the New Day versus the Hurt Business. Now, I really enjoy both of these teams. The combo of Kofi and Woods, I like better than, than Woods and E. Um, I, I feel like they have really good chemistry together, and they really work like a tag team. And then, of course, Cedric and Benjamin. I've always been a Shelton Benjamin fan, and I've always been a Cedric Alexander fan, so putting them together is it's like peanut butter and jelly. It just works. It's good stuff. Um, but uh, this match, this match really, really held up. This is a great tag team match tonight. Doggone right. I, th- these four fellas they they burned the house to the ground. They really you, you did. Talk about, you talk about raising the bar to the point where the boys in the back should have been like, I better damn well bring my A-plus game to my match here because those guys set the bar. They, all, all four of those guys. There, there were a couple of kicks that didn't look quite as stiff. Uh, Cedric Alexander had a couple of kicks that I thought – you know, looked a little stiff. There were a couple of awkward camera angles <laughs> where you got people's facials that, that weren't expecting the camera to be on them at that angle, I believe. <laughs> uh, but that's production stuff. That that doesn't have anything to do with the four guys in the ring. Yeah, I was long overdue for the Hurt Business to get these belts here. Uh, Rich, what did you think about this tag team match? Uh, I liked it. I enjoyed it very much. I would not have enjoyed it as much if the Hurt Business had not won. Right. It was definitely lost. I, I, I would have thought, why didn't we see this on, on, Raw. on like Raw or, yeah. you know, what, for, so, uh, but the right team won. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was, uh, it was something they've been building up to, and I'm glad that we finally got to see the Hurt Business win the tag titles. I love seeing Shelton get tag titles uh, with so many different people. I just, I, I like it. <laughs> and so far apart. Like, yeah, like 17 years, I think, is what they said. Like, I didn't like the teasing dissension at the end at the match. I, I, I didn't understand. I didn't get that. I, I didn't either because I don't know where you're going to go with that. It, it, it That's something that you do for a tag team that's on the verge of a breakup. You don't do that on guys that are about to get the belts. I, where do you go with that, Rich Quick? I, I don't know, and it, like they're a good faction that needs to stay together. I feel like For they're trying time. to. I feel like they're trying to build Cedric like he's the Rock, like. Uh, but but they're doing it wrong. They're they're giving him like this uh, 
emotional instability angle. But they're of course they're gonna they're gonna take one of these guys out of the hurt business, and he's going to be the big face that faces off with the hurt business. But I just don't know uh, which one is going to be the one. And I'm thinking that uh, they want it to be Cedric Alexander, but they're doing it with the wrong story. Right. But coming out of this match, we go into Asuka and a mystery partner versus Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, and I was really. Happy to see the mystery partner be Charlotte Flair. You know, I, I know people have their different opinions about Charlotte Flair, but I've missed her. I am glad she's back, and she looks incredible. She does. She's lost weight. I, uh, in speaking with uh, my watch partner this evening, um, fellow attorney Gavin Ward from here in town, uh, we were debating whether she'd had breast reduction. Huh. Maybe uh, maybe she just got them fixed. They were lopsided, I think. Well, I, lopsided is one thing, but I think if you go from a double E to a D, maybe well, that's uh, possible. Maybe that's what happened. I don't know, but she was she's looking great. She's also in much better shape, though, because I, I mean, she's she has toned up considerably. I mean, there there wasn't a whole lot of flab on Ashley Flair to begin with, but uh, my goodness, yeah, she had had really toned up. You could tell. Well, this match was, uh, I mean, it was a good solid match. It was a good solid tag team match. But was there any question that Charlotte would win the tag titles tonight with Asuka? I mean, when we seen it with Charlotte Flair, there was like no doubt. I mean, Asuka and Charlotte are going to win this. Rich? Oh, I yes, there was no doubt. Uh, if, it, if the mystery partner had not been Charlotte, this would have been completely useless and no place on the card whatsoever. But but as it was, there were three really good wrestlers, and Nia Jax was also in the match. <laughs> yeah, Nia Jax was also there with her with her new gold outfit. Um, yeah, you know what I think when I see Nia Jax? You remember that part in Full Metal Jacket where Arlie Ermy looks at Gomer Pyle and says, "Your ass looks like two hundred pounds of chewed muddle gum, Private Pyle." That's what I think every time I see Nia Jax. She's <laughs> a pile of chewed bubble gum, huh? So Charlotte Flair and Oscar win the tag titles here, and I thought that was uh, pretty good. I, I'm, I'm interested to see you know how Oscar and Charlotte uh, function as a team. But when we come out of this, we go into the Happy Holidays 2020 promo, and it is corny as a motherfucker. I, I don't know if you guys seen that, but they, obviously whoever made that at the WWE is super fucking proud of it because they played it on Raw, they played it on SmackDown, they played it on uh, on the pre-show, and then they played it on the show. I think one of Shane's youngins did this. I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I think one of Shane's youngins, one of one of Vince Senior's great grandchildren or whatever generation it would be must have done this for their eighth grade information technology project they, they must have because it is de they're definitely proud of it like it's a a, a coloring book picture stapled to the fridge but yeah it's yeah it was it was rough oh yeah well if the grandkids did do this then the future of the business is in great hands good job <laughs> Uh, it was so corny, but uh, anyway. I've seen better Super America commercials. <laughs> Honest to God, I've seen better Super America commercials. <laughs> well, you know, at least Braun Strowman is getting his uh, his voiceover reel together. 
<laughs> so we go into the uh, the next match, and we have got Roman Reigns out first, which obviously sets off a, 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 a red, red flag for me, and I'm like, why did Roman come out first? Then we find out that it's because he's, we're going to have our, ourselves a surprise start when uh, Kevin Owens just comes out of nowhere and blasts Rowan, or, uh, Roman and puts him I mean, puts us right into the match. That was a really good start, I do believe. Well, this whole thing was just done properly. It really was. I, I, everything about Roman Reigns, if it's got Roman Reigns involved, they've got their best writers on it. It's obvious. Well, right, and I think even the buildup, as Rich Quick said, if, if you are including the buildup to the match, yeah. which is where you, you beat the baby face down and you really put the baby face at tremendous odds of, of having to overcome uh, just to be able to get to the match. You know, it is, and you know, you never hear an announcer say that kind of stuff. You know, if you leave somebody under a pile of uh, the tables, ladders, and chairs, is he even going to be able to compete on Sunday night, folks? Are, are the doctors going to be able to clear him? You know, after the beatings that he's taken at the hands of, of Uso and Reigns this week, and da 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 da. But I, I agree with Rich. I thought the buildup was done well, and then you got the hurt baby face coming out hot, hot, hot to start the match and, and really rocking the, the, the heel back there. Uh, you're right, Brian, if you said the, the best writers or, or someone who knows something about telling a professional wrestling story in a match, you know, yeah, they're on probably Paul to be, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're on Roman's match. Guys. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely on Roman's match. Whoever the, uh, the best guys in the, in the back there are always involved with Roman stuff, but uh, you know, a lot of really big bumps taken by Kevin Owens tonight. Um, Kevin gets, uh, did you see Kevin get the Superman punch and, and actually fall into the ladder, like uh, hit the corner of the ladder with his face? Mm-hmm. Like every single thing that uh, that Kevin Owens did looked like it hurt. Um, there was an impressive power bomb from Reigns to uh, to Owens on a, on a ladder. Even though Michael Cole called it a table fucking twice, I don't know why he called it a table twice, but it was definitely mm-hmm. a ladder. Uh, we well, called it a spinebuster at first. It's like yeah. spinebuster yeah. on a table, and it was like. Dude, that was a power bomb on a ladder. Are you okay, Michael Cole? Do we need to call someone? And then they do the replay, and he says it again. He says it's a table again. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Um, This was good, too. I mean, there were no real bad matches uh, at all on this show. um, I mean, and I hate to. We're not there yet. I I just, I mean, I hate to be. Well, yeah, I wanted to say that before we got there, but uh, (laughs) I'm not trying to kiss. as, As far as. As far as the KO Roman match goes, uh, you know, my only critique where I would think that something that would have made it better is that this match needed blood. It really did. It, it did need blood. And honestly, I'm surprised that we didn't get it because it was, I mean, it was very, like, I mean, like some of these spots were absolutely great. I, I loved the spear through the, the wall, the fanguard wall. That was great when he, when Rome just went through the wall by himself. Uh, that was that looked really good. The, uh, the I loved the the almost the post hole digger spikes with those chairs. I my yeah. ribs hurt after I watched Roman Reigns come down into Kevin Owens' ribs with those chairs turned that way. 
I was like, dang, gone. That's got to really hurt. But yeah, to your point, and I understand those are body blows that I'm talking about, but the brutality of the match, you know, deserves some color, I believe. Yeah, I would agree. Now, after this match was over, I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna text the guys and get them started. Let's uh, let's go and uh, go ahead and record this this review." And then I, I, I hit up Rich, and Rich was like, "What about the Inferno match?" I'm like, "Holy <laughs> shit! There's another match on this pay per view." So I uh, I go, went ahead and turned it back on. I I'd already shut down. I didn't <laughs> I didn't realize, and I, I'm not sure if. Uh, I mean, I guess this kind of had to be the final match since the way it was going to end. So uh, we go into The Fiend versus Randy Orton, and I expected an actual Inferno match, which I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised that it wasn't an actual Inferno match where the ring is on fire like uh, like Kane and Undertaker style. I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't. Um, but there was a lot of new stuff in this match. Where did you where did you stand on the match itself as far as like the uh, the stipulations, Steve? I don't know how you have one of these kinds of matches anyway. Uh, I mean, seriously, I, you, you're going to punt it to Rich. <laughs> Rich, what do you think about the stipulations of this match? <laughs> well, you know, the thing I think is funny is that is that the announcers are always like. It's the first ever Firefly. No, it's going to be the only one. It's the last one. Because the sooner crowds come back, the sooner we won't have to do this stuff anymore. Bray Wyatt has probably benefited more from this pandemic because The Fiend is able to do things that, are not, that aren't real. Right. It's like Matt Hardy level, like, you know teleportation you know it's just like none of this is real it could never be done in front of a live audience um but as far as the 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 setup as soon as all the fire went up the first time i went oh shit that's cool yeah it really Uh, looked cool i was very nervous the entire time for bray wyatt's dreadlocks because i was like (laughs) as as was i and i told gavin i said if he gets that hair in that flame over there by where the announce table usually is, I said, this match is going to be over. You know, some things oh, yeah. that uh, that stood out in this match that were different than what we uh, we normally see, the, the flaming belt spot, that was really cool. We've I've never seen that happen before. Now, riddle me this, Batman. Why was there a three-inch wide red belt beneath the ring? I, I do not know. But it was a Why cool was weapon. there a coal mining pickaxe? Yeah, that's another one. The ring? That's pretty new. A pickaxe underneath the ring. Why was there a matic handle beneath the ring? Uh, that, that, I have no answers to these questions, Steve. Inquiring minds want to know. Well, why <laughs> did they fucking kill a guy at the end of this pay-per-view? Well, we're not there yet. Let me tell you, I, there was one spot, one spot of the match that I thought was... Even more ridiculous, even more ridiculous than the killing the guy at the end. You want to know what it was? What? Why did the rocking chair have blood on it when Randy Orton got up out of it? It was at that time of the month for Randy. I, you know, you have the fireball run at him. Now I can understand there being poo on the rocking chair because if I had a flame ball. Run at me, and I had the whole boogie out of a rocking chair to avoid the flame ball coming at me. Now, there might be something brown in the seat of the rocking chair, but there ain't going to be nothing red on the back 
of the rocking chair. You feel me? I I, yeah. I, I definitely well, uh, do. The correct answer is that was the accelerant. Now that was the time because my 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 dumbass thought this might have been live until the rocking chair spot. Because when they cut away, when he like dropped the Zippo and they cut to the to the shot from the floor with the with the fire going across the floor, and then I was like, "Oh no, they got me! This yeah. is this is taped. This is not this isn't live at all, right? What else have they lied to me about? I'm I you know, it's like I found out I was adopted. It was I was just all confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you mean it was accelerant? I mean that wasn't the McCoy cabin. Uh, there, no, <laughs> no, it's it, it's what they put on there to make it burn. Because if you just put gasoline on on a chair, it's not it's not going to go up in flames and stay the way lit. They want it yeah, to. exactly. Yeah. Well, was I yeah. the only one that thought that it had a look of blood? Yeah, it, it's it's like a it, it's it almost is. like a sterno. Uh, what they what they use? It's almost like a it's like a a thick paint for the accelerant. Gotcha. Or yeah, the 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 sterno cans that you put underneath the yeah the food the metal platters that hold the food at a wedding right 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 yep that's like jello if you've ever felt it so did you think okay so when uh when the fiend is laying in the middle of the ring there at the end did you realize that i mean did you look at it and and realize it was a dummy i mean did 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 you see where it was going anyway I, i was thinking that that he was not a real fiend from the moment that they they showed him laying there and randy had the gas can i was like wait a minute this is not okay yeah. we are going here but i wasn't sure if everyone Although was already the gimmick looking at that. jacket was pretty good whatever gimmick jacket that was no shit he was walking around on fire like that yeah. was that was pretty good yeah that that was a pretty good stunt man gimmick though jacket but from the time that he rolls him over i mean that's bray when he rolls him over clearly you know he's breathing and you can see that then randy cuts out to get the gas can yeah and the matches that just happened to be there yeah and then they uh then they flip uh they they switch it out with the with the wax yeah i don't know where they i don't know where the matches came from because when bray lit the rocking chair that was with a zippo that came out of a zipper on his left sleeve. So, so where well, the fuck do we go? What from I here? thought, well, what I thought they were going to do, how I thought this was going to end, was not set Bray Wyatt on fire and murder him. <laughs> someone needs to like this. Is the thing like, is, is someone going to call the authorities on Randy or like because he just murdered a man on national television? But what I thought they were going to do was cover Bray Wyatt in gas. Randy Orton come down with the match and then Bray Wyatt sit up all Undertaker style, blow the match out, goes black. That's the end of the show. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I, that, I that, that's what I thought was going to happen. But I also thought maybe sister Abigail, AKA Alexa bliss appears out of the middle of nowhere because you've got this whole Randy knows how to get at the fiend through Alexa so I thought bringing some of that around, you may have Alexa come out and in some way save the fiend from murder. Well, none of that happened, and we've seen the fiend on fire burning 
And the big question is, where the fuck do you go from here? Uh, is the fiend over? Did they just write it, write him off the show? Um, are we going to what? what what's Who's next? having a conversation with a with an eight year old right now, trying to explain this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Papa, did they just kill a man? Yes, son, they did. Randy <laughs> Orton is a murderer. He's a murderer, a stinking murderer. So, so what do we? Uh, so what do we do, guys? What, what, where, where do we go from here? Steve? He's undead. He's the new Undertaker. I mean, because that's kind of like what he was being primed to be, that kind of character, where it's like, oh, he'll never have the belt. He'll never, you know, he's, he's just a character. Uh, so I think he's just he's just undead. He's just a zombie yeah, now. And, and maybe you tie it back into Randy. See, this is the second time now that Randy's thought he could kill Bray Wyatt with fire. So they alluded to it tonight. Where you may go with this, follow me. Tonight, Michael Cole said that it was the burning the shack down, destroying Sister Abigail, that changed Bray Wyatt from Bray Wyatt to the Fiend. Maybe you get (laughs) a super Fiend or something along those lines, a next-generation Fiend, out of Randy Orton burning this one. Uh, that's uh, that's possible. Maybe uh, Alexa Bliss will come out and mourn the death and then like maybe do a seance or something to bring him back or something like that. That could uh, You could go that route, but I mean, I bet the version of The Fiend that comes after this one is even meaner, nastier. And probably, if you're going to think logically, which they won't, and why and why would you? Because he's supposed to be dead. But his hair was on fire. He comes back, he should be bald. Huh. Well, he, he burned all his hair off. Well, here's another he question. He comes back with long, luxurious dreadlocks. I'm like, hey, I think that might be fake. <laughs> well, well, here's a question. If he's, You know, he gets burned, he comes back bigger and stronger. Is that sort of like Super Shredder in the second uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie? Is that what we're, we're looking at? Some of us were in college and we're past that part of our lives. You didn't watch the second Ninja Turtle movie, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. Go Turtle. Go Turtle. No, it's, it's, go turtle. it's Go Ninja, Go, go Ninja, Go. Just, just, no, for, just forget it, like Steve. Like I said. Just forget it, Steve. Here's the question. Here's a real good question. Is when you set the fiend on fire, does that mean that Bray Wyatt from the Firefly Funhouse now has melted skin? So we won't see a regular Bray Wyatt again. I think mm. they're two different people. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, that's see so, that that's another question. Are we going to eventually see the Fiend in the ring with Bray Wyatt at the same time? Hmm. I would hate that. Uh, would I mean, you? Who, that would suck at a level of Matt Hardy teleportation, right there. If if they start doing. Split screens, you know. Well, I was thinking like getting the, somebody like else the old to play. 70s where, you know, you've got Bill Bixby and the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> but they were two different people, you know. Yeah, right. So yeah. are Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. So you could actually do that. So, Reznor, are you suggesting that there's another wrestler in a Fiend outfit? Well, no, I'm suggesting that, that they, you know, of course, storyline-wise, the, the personalities 
split so hard that they are actually two different entities. But, you know, to do it, yes, you'd have to have somebody else wearing the Fiend outfit to make it work. Where's Bo Dallas these days? Put his brother in the Fiend getup. Put him in there with... With Bray Wyatt. Well, you know, Bo didn't get released when everybody else got released. That's he, exactly right. He's Bo Dallas still there. Is still drawing a paycheck somewhere. Hey, son, get in there and put your brother's gimmick on. Yeah, he's a little too small for it, though, I think. Well, fatten up, Bo. Yeah. And we'll <laughs> set you on fire. Yeah, fatten up, Bo. We'll set you on fire. Go hang out with Kevin Owens for a couple of weeks. We need you to wear the Fiend outfit. Well, you know what's interesting is we were talking about the Super Shredder thing, and even though Steve didn't watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part 2. but no, if, I was 23 if, years old. Okay, well, well, I wasn't. So if, 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 super, if it's like a Super Shredder type situation, then the Fiend would have to be played by Kevin Nash. Because Kevin Nash was <laughs> Super Shredder. You did, you guys sure. did you guys know that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. So we got we got somebody to play the fiend. It'll be uh, it'll be Super Shredder, Kevin Nash. Great. <laughs> I'll get hurt first night. Hamstring, it's gone. So quad, quad. Uh, yeah, it was tore. always a blown quad. He, done, he stepped over the top rope. The fiend's done tore a quad. Super fiend is is down by quad. Either way, this was a pretty good pay per view. I. I do say that all the matches were solid. I mean, of course, the story could always use improving when we're talking about the WWE. But all in all, this was uh, this was a pretty good one. It is going to be interesting to see what WWE does with these sinking ratings, pressure from USA Network, um, and the however this pandemic continues in the face of you know vaccine. And I mean, it's just raging. Right now, you have 318,000 deaths. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what WWE does in 2021. Well, I tell you, well, what the USA sorry, was at, USA was asking for more adult content, and I guess setting a guy on fire and murdering his ass is pretty adult. Well, RVD tweeted, uh, "Hey, uh, you want adult content? I can give you some adult content." <laughs> I'm sure he Sonny could. will be out of jail in April too. I can give you some more. Uh, I don't think uh yeah i, I don't think uh sonny's gonna be able to pull that off uh but rob van dam they might give him a job hey, you bite your tongue Gresner. i don't think that sonny's ever going back to work for vince <laughs> well you know what i think that that wwe's or, or vince or bruce pritchard will sit there and go adult content somebody call the godfather that'll do it <laughs> that'll do it <laughs> yeah i don't think they even know how to even begin to create adult content now ask paul Heyman; he would probably have a, a, as good an idea as any he definitely would well this has been the full report we have went through the entire wwe tlc pay-per-view to bring that to you we've got a new episode of house of kayfabe coming out soon we're gonna have ricky morton brandon savage and more on that episode so keep a lookout for that but tonight we have done the full report on wwe tlc for rich quick and stephen p new we will see you next time right here on House of Kayfabe. Cracking under the pressure Rising up and getting underneath your skin Feel it turning to leather Watch it peeling off the broken bones At the discount sold forever I'll always be the one to watch you fall apart And try to keep it together
Across a concrete floor through an open door 